Hey all, welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. I'm your host, pharmacist Eric Christensen. Thank you so much for listening today. As always, go check out reallifepharmacology.com. Get your free 31-page PDF on the top 200 drugs. It's a great study guide. Uh, It's a great review out in practice. Uh, Definitely go take advantage of that. Simply an email is going to get you access to that. And then we've also get you emails when we've got new content available as well, such as this podcast, for example. So the drug of the day today is Lizdexamphetamine. Brand name of this medication is Vyvanse. This is a CNS stimulant. It is a sympathomimetic agent. Uh, It is primarily going to release norepinephrine and dopamine. And it is going to be used in uh, ADHD. And it also is indicated uh, in binge eating disorder. Uh, Primary dosing range, uh, initial dosing can be in the 10 to 30 milligram range. Obviously, if we're using uh, potentially in, in pediatrics, younger patients, smaller patients, we're probably going to start uh, more conservatively there. Uh, in adults, you may see 30 milligrams started uh, on a regular basis there, uh, up to typically a max of 70 milligrams per day. Uh, I will say there is some uh, caution with renal impairment and recommended max dose in a patient with uh, 15 mils per minute, 30 mils per minute range, uh, that maximum dose is recommended to be 50 milligrams per day. Uh, in patients with end-stage renal disease or and or uh, creatinine clearance less than 15 mils per minute, we're looking at a maximum of 30 milligrams per day. So let's get into some of the risks and adverse effects with this agent. So First and foremost, FDA has put out a a safety alert somewhat recently uh, regarding specific language um, in regards to sharing prescription medications and abuse potential and things of that nature. So um, definitely important to take that seriously. This is a Schedule II controlled substance. So with that warning, high abuse potential, high risk for dependence. So that is definitely something that is uh, weighed seriously when somebody's going to prescribe or dispense uh, this medication. So other than that risk for abuse and dependence, uh, we've got risk of reducing appetite. So particularly that may be uh, more problematic or more concerning in pediatric patients where they are still growing. So that's something that should be monitored making sure that that kids are growing uh, at the uh, potential or hopefully close to the potential of of what they should be if we're using this medication Um, because, again, it can suppress that appetite and reduce weight potentially. Uh, Insomnia, this is definitely one that I've seen in practice uh, quite a bit, uh, particularly uh, if that dose tends to linger for some patients more than others. Um, We may have some um, pharmacogenomic factors that may impact that, particularly with CYP2D6, uh, because Lizdexamphetamine is actually metabolized to dextroamphetamine, which is ultimately uh, metabolized to a significant extent by CYP2D6. So definitely some things to think about there if you've got patients that are 
um, non-responders or maybe that drug is lingering longer and causing insomnia. Uh, so again, this drug is typically recommended to be taken in the morning and that duration of action, it's going to be in the 8 to 14 uh, hour range there. Uh, other adverse effects, uh, we can see some psychiatric changes, some irritability, some emotional changes. Uh, definitely pay attention to that when we start uh, this medication or increase the dose um, and or potentially run into a drug interaction. So I'll talk more about drug interactions at the end, obviously, but um, that is definitely something in practice I think gets overlooked where we don't pay attention to drug interactions and that can actually increase concentrations. Uh, blood pressure, pulse, those can both be elevated. Again, we're giving a sympathomimetic. We're stimulating that heart rate. We're p potentially causing some vessel constriction as well. Um, so that, that definitely should be uh, paid attention to as well. And with that, increase in blood pressure, increase in pulse, obviously uh, there may be an increased risk for cardiovascular events as well. Uh, in general, it's going to be dose-dependent more stimulant we use, I think it makes sense that, you know, the more uh, we might push that blood pressure and pulse up. Uh, loss of libido is certainly a, a possibility as well. Um, typically, you know, more concerning in, in our adult population usually. Uh, of course, addiction dependence, I mentioned the, the Schedule 2 controlled substance and the warnings associated with that. Um, rarely, and it's kind of controversial, you know, that it may increase seizure risk. So that is, I think, an important thing to pay attention to, at least in patients um, that have seizure disorders or maybe predisposed uh, to seizures as well. Uh, serotonin syndrome is a rare potential. Um, you know, it's generally not something I worry about if we're just using lisdexamphetamine. Uh, but if we've got patients with other medications on board uh, that have serotonergic activity, uh, that risk uh, can certainly go higher and higher. Monitoring parameters, I think I kind of alluded uh, to all of them. Um, a cardiac assessment may be done, may be called for um, based upon the, the patient that you're looking at there. And then monitoring heart rate, blood pressure, that's going to be important. Uh, and then growth and weight, um, maybe more close attention in patients uh, who are still... Um, who are younger and still need to go through puberty and growth phases as well. So uh, certainly things important things to, to pay attention to there. All right, let's take a quick break from our sponsor and I'll wrap up with drug interactions. If you're in the market for any pharmacist board certification study material like BCPS, ambulatory care, geriatrics, BCMTMS, NAPLEX, or others, go check out meded101.com slash store, S-T-O-R-E, We've got a growing list of resources, uh, helped thousands of uh, pharmacists pass their board exams, and uh, certainly provided a, a great resource there. So again, your support at meded101.com slash store uh, helps support this podcast and keeps it available for all to benefit from. Uh, in addition, if you're another healthcare professional, um, popular books we've we've got uh, we've got the Flippin Pharmacology flashcards. Those are available in the U.S. Uh, we've got a guide to drug food interactions. That's been a popular book as well, and numerous other resources as well. Crossword puzzle books, fun things for um, studying and preparing, or maybe you've got a retired healthcare professional. All those links you can find at meded101.com/store. All right, wrapping up with drug interactions. So 
Uh, I mentioned that kinetic profile where lisdexamphetamine gets converted to dextroamphetamine, and that active metabolite is broken down by CYP2D6. So as you can imagine, any CYP2D6 inhibitors, uh, bupropion, paroxetine, for example, uh, they could potentially increase concentrations and increase overall activity of this stimulant. Okay, So definitely important to remember that one. Uh, stimulants, so we're at, if we're adding on any medications that can have similar adverse effects, um, so I think of illicit drugs, so cocaine, methamphetamine. If a patient's doing that in addition to taking uh, lisdexamphetamine, we're really increasing their risk for uh, particularly cardiovascular problems, but certainly it could ex- exacerbate loss in appetite and insomnia and things of, of that nature as well. And then I do mention caffeine as well. Patients who take excessive caffeine amounts uh, particularly are vulnerable for increasing some of those cardiovascular risks there. Uh, medications that can increase seizure risk, that is something that crosses my mind. So bupropion is a, a great example there. Uh, so pay attention to that, that lisdexamphetamine could potentially um, increase that risk slightly as well. Serotonergic agents, I mentioned serotonin syndrome. So, you know, antidepressants like SSRIs, TCAs, they can all increase serotonergic activity. Added on top of lisdexamphetamine, we could increase that risk for serotonin syndrome. And then last but not least, I wanted to mention uh, acidic environments in the gut for absorption. So uh, adding medications, particularly uh, I think of the supplement vitamin C, can increase the acidity of the gut. And the more acidic the gut for absorption, the lower the absorption is. So again, generally not going to be catastrophic, but if you've got a patient who's not responding to the medication anymore, um, maybe they started taking vitamin C supplements, for example, uh, and that's reducing the absorption of the medication we're giving. So definitely something to to pay attention to, something to dig into. Uh, If you've got a patient who maybe was previously responding and now they aren't, uh, that certainly could be uh, a potential factor to try to rule out. All right, well, I think that's going to wrap up the podcast for today. Hopefully, you picked up some practice pearls. Uh, If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. Greatly appreciate that. Comments, suggestions, feel free to reach out to me at mededucation101 at gmail.com. And of course, please take the time. uh, If you're uh, in a good financial state, definitely support uh, the sponsor, meded101.com slash store. All right, well, I'm going to sign off for today. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a great rest of your day.